This is Simmering Thoughts with host Ryan Akers, where we lift the lid and sample slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. We hope you will take the time to send us feedback about what you think about this episode and our past episodes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Simmer Thoughts. On Instagram, you can also find us at simmeringthoughts.podbean.com. You can also find us on many podcast catchers. Please, if you could, take the time to rate and review us as well. This week, we're going to look at times of growth in the life of a believer. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. My name is Ryan Akers, the host of the program. I want to start today's episode with a little bit of an introduction and a little bit of a scripture reading, not in that order. This is Ecclesiastes 3, and as usual, I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. It begins, There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Uh, Last episode, we looked at dry seasons with guest Chris Griggs. Uh, Today, we are going to take that and start turning it into a season, looking at different times in our lives as Christians, different seasons that we walk through, different things that happen to us uh, in relation to the Word, in relation to our walk, and in relation to other Christians as well. And so with that, uh, want to welcome in this week's guest host. We have uh, from the state of Missouri, not too far away from me, uh, is James Forbes. He is a pastor and is also a friend of mine from Twitter. And I got to meet him in person, reach out and shake his hand. We even spent a little bit of time together wandering around some places. And uh, we got to meet at the SBC convention this summer as well, which is another kind of tie into the series we're going to be doing because most of the guests at least at the first part here, are going to be folks that I physically got a chance to meet during that week. So I want to say welcome to you, James, and give you an opportunity to introduce yourself a little bit more. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful to be here, Ryan. I'm really excited about this, really excited about the conversation that we're going to have. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, my name is James Forbes. I am the Associate Pastor of Teaching and Discipleship at the First Baptist Church of Willow Springs, Missouri pretty small town, about 100 miles to the uh, east of Springfield, Missouri, so kind of south-central Missouri. Uh, Yeah, so I've been in ministry for close to about 10 years now, ever since I graduated high school, so that's that's my life. Want to just get some opening impressions. You know, last week we talked about the dry seasons, and I mentioned one in particular for me, and uh, it was it was kind of tied to church things and kind of tied to personal things. And then as I came out of it uh, since then, uh, it's been a, a big time of growth for me, a specific kind of growth. We're going to cover what that is in a different episode, I think. Uh, but, you know, the, it's been an episode of growth for me um, intellectually as far as my understanding of what is in Scripture and my understanding of how what I already knew connects to history and connects to what has already come before, uh, but also a time of growth for me in learning how to minister and how to work within the church and how to teach what I know. Uh, so it's been a, a different type of growth, I think, than sometimes, but it's still been very beneficial to me, uh, and I think it's something that that I've been able to use within the body. Uh, I was interested your first impressions from when I mentioned the, the idea of the topic and anything else you want to add just as we start. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it, it was funny whenever you uh, sent me that message on Twitter if I'd be interested in in having this conversation uh, because it's uh, it seems like I'm kind of going through one of those uh, fruitful seasons right now, coming out of a dry season myself. Um, kind of a weird situation, a weird season though. Um, but it's uh, 
over the summer, you know, you're, you're running so hard in ministry with what I do. I, I had a few different camps I was the leader at or I was preaching at and I was taking students to. And you would think that that would be a fruitful season of ministry. But reality, it's, you know, burning me out because I'm, I'm pouring everything out and I'm, my, my head's I'm like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm going 20 different directions. And there's no time for me to, to feel like I'm being filled and I, and I feel completely empty, you know, like a, like a car without any gas in it, uh, being pushed up a hill nonetheless. <laughs> and so uh, that's, 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 that's how my summer was as far as ministry goes. And it, it felt dry, but starting up in the fall, it seems like there's, you know, been a renewal and there's been, you know, some filling going on. And, you know, here at the church, we're kicking off a new, uh, season of small group ministry, and we're I'm really excited about that, pouring everything I have into that and discipling our small group leaders and equipping them to to do the work that they need to do, but then also really uh, re-engaging some of the people in our church who are on the fringes. You know, over the summer, you kind of lose contact with some folks and reconnecting with them and getting them plugged back into the church and then you know, in a small community where I live, everything revolves around the public school system. Yes. And so, you know, reengaging with the teachers and the students and seeing just kind of life come back to the town after people kind of scattered after school let out. And so uh, summer around here for me, it was pretty dry, but now starting to really see uh, things come alive again, which is odd because it's fall. You know, you think things would be kind of dying down, but in, in ministry, you know, that's kind of where things get turned up is during the fall. Mm -hmm. And you look forward to the next, you know, several months. And it's, you know, summertime when things kind of dry up and things kind of go go dead. But but right now I'm really excited because it, it's here. Uh, fall is here. And, you know, I feel like there's something coming on the horizon that, that it's just uh, it's got me excited. It's got me excited for the for the growth of our church, for the life of the church and for the opportunities that we're going to have in the next few months doing relaunching our small group ministry and re-engaging with some uh, missions partners and just seeing uh, seeing the town come back alive. So. Yep. And, and one of the things that's interesting to me in this is uh, that there's those times where you're, you're in your personal dry season and, and then suddenly yeah. you're in a growth season and that is a different, different beast and different animal than the corporate setting. And we'll, I'm sure we're going to get to that, but it was, it's something that, uh, that has been apparent to me here as, as well. Uh, that, that just because I'm in a dry season, doesn't mean everybody is, but sometimes exactly. we do run in those cycles with folks. And, uh, that kind of ties back to the, the episode that I listened to on front pew that, that, uh, where they were talking about the summer swoon and the summer doldrums. I can't remember which term they used, and uh, that that kind of sparked the conversation with Chris last week. And, uh, you know, that difference between individual and corporate is a, a big thing. Uh, and with that in mind, I think let, let me go ahead and jump into Colossians. Uh, we talked about this off the air and uh, I want to read just a little section from Colossians 1 verses 9 to 14. And to kind of give a context of what's going on here, Paul is still in his introduction. He hasn't quite leveraged himself into where he's going with the letter just yet. Yeah. And he's uh, almost giving the welcome to the church or the greeting to the church. Uh, and he's, he, as he is wont to do quite regularly through his epistles is sharing how he's praying for the particular church that he's writing to. And uh, this particular passage, I think kind of gives us an idea of, of how growth is set up and, and where it comes from and where it's heading, uh, which is, I think, really, really important to understanding how to encourage it and how to grow in it. Uh, so this is what it says in the CSB again. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who's enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He's res rescued us from the domain of darkness 
and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I missed a few words in there. I apologize. It's been a long day for me. Uh, <laughs> and that has to do with growth as well. But we'll get to that maybe a little bit later. But this passage, that that particular passage to me, uh, as I was studying it to teach it uh, in a Sunday school setting not that long ago, uh, just really jumped off the page at me. Around the same time I was, uh, not long after that, I actually attempted to memorize the first chapter of, of Colossians and failed miserably. I got about 23 verses and was done. Uh, and, uh, but at the same time, that passage was something that stuck in my mind from it was the idea of that, that you're bearing fruit and that you're growing. And that idea of the, the corporate aspect of growth, uh, but also that, that that's, you, you hear little glimpses in there that do speak to individuals and, um, and seeing where growth is centered, um, that it's that we're filled with the knowledge of God's will, that it's wisdom and spiritual understanding, that it's to guide us into a walk that's pleasing so that we bear fruit in good work and that we grow in knowledge. And so all of those are things that are going right back to what is faith and what does faith do uh, yeah. in so many ways. And, you know, when you're in a dry season, you're struggling with what is faith. And when you're in a dry season, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do anything. And so as you come out of that and you start to grow, um, directing that growth really in some ways, not just that it's in your mind, but then finding those good works to do as well, seems to me to yeah. be a, a big key here. You know, coming out of like a dry season in my own personal life, that's that's kind of how this summer was for me. And, you know, uh, the, there's a... Uh, there's that sense where you feel like you are distant, you know, from God, like there's some spiritual depression there and, and all you can do, you know, you're doing everything that you can, but you're not finding joy in reading scripture. You're not finding joy in your personal walk. And you're just waiting for that kind of that fog to be lifted. And, you know, you can read here in Colossians and, uh, and I know you're, you're big on the CSB and I'm looking at my ESB right here. <laughs> Most of and, it's just uh, the, that's the one I bought cause it was on, I was looking for a, a really good uh, leather Bible that that I could use for a yeah. long time, and Lifeway go. happened to have a sale on the CSB. I got my, a goatskin, dual uh, two column center reference. That nice. that was the one I was nice. really looking for because that's the that's the part I like is that center reference, and uh, for yeah. the way yeah. I study, it works really well. But I managed to get it for forty dollars. So there you go. I was not going to complain about what, and I I've come to really like the CSB. This is a side trail off the episode. Sorry to everybody. You (laughs) you know, we can do this. It's, it's a podcast. We can do this. I really like the CSB. Uh, I never really spent a lot of time in the ESV. I've got it uh, in one particular Bible that I use for personal study sometimes, but uh, I've come to really like, especially reading out loud, the CSB Uh, just personal taste. It, they're all good. You know, the translations are all really good and uh, yeah. being able to use them at the same time, which is what I do when I study. Uh, when I really get into it, I'm, I've got f- four or five different Bibles out. And uh, so I have no problem with the ESV. I enjoy it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. So I, I like what verse 11, where it says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I love that because it's a promise right there. God is going to deliver us from this domain of darkness and he's going to transfer us into the kingdom of his beloved son. He's, he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. And even though we may be suffering or struggling, he is there strengthening us with all his power, with all his might, and all endurance and patience for for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and in return, we, you know, that kind of fills our spiritual tank. When you were dead, when you were down, that fills your spiritual tank to read that and to realize that, you know, this is coming from a man who is languishing in chains he's been shipwrecked or you know i don't know if he's been shipwrecked yet or not but he he's going to be shipwrecked not once not twice 
foot three times, mm-hmm. and he's going to attempt to be stoned to death. He's He has to escape the bondage. He, he's in prison. He's out of prison, and ultimately he dies in prison. And so you got to understand the heart where this is coming from. Paul obviously went through spiritual depression at times. And, yep. you know, he was probably pretty depressed when what was going on, but he found joy in the glory of God. He found joy in the strength of God and realizing that all of this was for God's glory and that God had qualified him. God had uh, made him a co-heir through Jesus Christ. And so now he is a saint. He's going to inherit the kingdom of God and he's going to be delivered from this dominion of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sin. So I, I resonate a lot with what Paul is saying here, especially over the past four or five months, you know, I've, I have felt personally like I was in a really dry season spiritually. I was pouring everything out, pouring everything out I had and not really filling up on anything. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, it took a hard look at my, or I took a hard look at myself and uh, really had to see, you know, where, what, what was I doing? You know, what, what was I doing for myself? Because I was doing all these other things for people. And and I was pouring everything that I had to my church and to guys that I'm discipling and ministering to and and blogs that I was writing for. And I just kind of had to take a step back from all of that and say, I've got to cut some of this stuff down because I'm just going to run myself ragged and not be useful for anybody. And so, uh, you know, it was it was a book that I read, a pretty new book. It's by Scott Sauls. It's called uh, From Weakness to Strength, Eight Vulnerabilities eight vulnerabilities that can bring out the best in your leadership. Mm-hmm. And reading that book really ministered to me. Um, I don't know Scott Sauls from Adam. I know he's a, <laughs> he's a Presbyterian pastor in Nashville, but yes. that's about it. And uh, just this was an incredible book for me, though, because it dealt with things that I struggle with, like ambition and isolation, criticism, envy, um, opposition, suffering. And I, I can't forget the other two vulnerabilities that he talks about, but but. You know, I've struggled with all of those and and really kind of trying to find myself in all of that. And how can I climb out of this pit of despair? You know, this uh, this pit of misery or whatever, you know, if you ever see those commercials <laughs> yes. on TV. I was actually thinking Princess Bride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Princess Bride. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've been I've been battling down there. And so climbing out of that pit or that well, whatever, you know, whatever analogy you want to use, it's it's been rough. It's been hard. But. Now that I'm out of it, I realize, you know, when I was down in there, I had lost kind of all my joy, you know, for the things of God. And I had lost my joy for for pursuing God and pursuing my relationship. And it was another book uh, by, you know, John Piper, When I Don't Desire God, mm. How to Fight for Joy, that really kind of tied everything together. And, you know, it, it pushed me into the word to where I was uncomfortable. And when you're in that place, when you're being made uncomfortable by the word of God, you're actually in a good place because the word of God is then challenging you, refining you, um, and really kind of piercing your heart and your soul. Like it says it is, it's, it's sharper than two, any two edged sword and it will pierce the, the, the bone and divide the marrow from the bone and it will pierce the heart and soul and, and really expose, you know, your sinfulness and expose the things that you're dealing with and shed new light on them. And so that's, that's what I had to do. And I was being challenged by the word of God and I was being convicted of sin and I was being convicted of, you know, an issue of pride and realizing that the reason why I was so burnt out was because I was taking so much upon myself and not delegating and, and trying to kind of say, Hey, look at me. I'm this, you know, hotshot or whatever, able to do all these things and not feel burnout. When in fact, though, I was feeling burnout and yeah. uh, I was, kind of in that pit of misery. And so climbing out of that, getting out of that has been such a really uh, eye-opening and learning experience for me. And uh, I was given a copy of uh, the Valley of Vision, yes. uh, you know, that banner of truth puts mm-hmm. out those collection of, uh, of Puritan prayers. And it's one of the prayers that really just uh, kind of ministered to me. It's called the Disciples Renewal. It's If you've got a copy of this book, uh, it's on page 334. And uh, the very first few lines, I love it. It says, oh, my Savior, help me. I am slow to learn, so prone to forget, so weak to climb. I am in the foothills when I should be on the height. 
that's that's where I felt like I was too weak to climb. I was forgetting who I was serving and that forgetting that I was not doing this for myself, but for him. And then at the very end, I, I love how they how this uh, author ends it. He says, may I never seek in the creature what can be found only in the creator. Let not faith cease from seeking thee until it vanishes into sight. Ride forth in me, thou King of kings and Lord of lords, that I may live victorious and in victory attain my end. And that, that key line, let not faith cease from seeking thee until it vanishes into sight. Um, that's been my prayer, is that my faith not stop, but when it does stop, hold me fast, keep me, and renew a right spirit within me and restore my soul, restore my heart and renew my mind. Yeah. And uh, I've just been, you know, that's kind of the, the wave I've been riding out of this kind of funky, dry, spiritually depressed season of life. And now that I'm out of that, I can look back with hindsight and say, oh my gosh, I put myself there, you know, by these decisions I made. And when in fact I should have done things differently, you know, and you look back in life and all of us do that. And we realize that we could have done things differently. Um, but you know what? That's, I think that's part of the Christian journey, the Christian experience in the life of a Christian is, is going through those seasons. Uh, like the Psalmist says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And we're going to experience the valley of shadow of death. Yes. We're going to, it's going to happen. But God is going to be there with us, and he's going to bring us up out of that valley, out of that pit. And then what does he do? He supplies all of our needs. He provides for us in ways that we never thought possible. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints us, and he cleanses and renews us. And so, you know, that's that's the joy of getting out of that dry season or that depressed season. And that's the, you know, that that's what we have to look forward to. And we ride that wave. You know, and we, we remember who we are in Christ and we remember that we've been redeemed, that we are loved, that we are co-heirs with Christ. And that that's the most important thing about us is who we are in Christ. And and, and when we believe that and live that and really rest in that, um, the dry seasons, they they seem to go away. And uh, we, we are our joy in Christ is renewed. Our joy in God is renewed, and we, we don't give up but we grow out of them and we, we don't grow weary in doing well, but we, we grow hopeful that God is going to see us through these things and really provide for us. And if we fight for that joy in ministry or in life in general, um, God is going to kind of pave the way for us, you know, like a bulldozer plowing the, the, the way in front of us or, or a snowplow, you know, just pushing up all that snow and we're coming up right behind him. He's going to tackle the hard things for us. And all we have to do is just follow closely behind him and realize that that nothing can stop us now because God is going before us. He is not going to stop loving us. And there's, you know, what the, the hymn says, no power in hell, no scheme of man can ever stop us because God is going before us. And, and he is fighting our battles and he is overcoming the things that we cannot overcome on our own. And so that's, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm learning. That's what I gather from the text. And that's uh, that's kind of where I am in my life right now. I've come out of this uh, this uh, dry season, this this pit of misery, and I've and I see the other side, and I mm -hmm. and I see the joy in ministry again, and the joy in in serving God, and, and realizing that you know there was a point in time where I thought I was going to experience burnout. And uh, God, he provided a way for me out of that. And he He gave me a, a renewed sense of my calling and a renewed sense of hope and a renewed joy. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a little bit of what I have to say about it. So, I mean, I'll you know, <laughs> shoot it back towards your way. That was a lot of different stuff, but, okay. you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, that's, you know, we, we go through, and I think each of us experience them a little bit differently. Uh, yeah, know, the, the, the growth times that I've had have sometimes been sparked by, or at least I've, I've started to lift out of the dry season through reading and reading a book or, or reflecting even sometimes on a particular song or album, uh, that I've been exposed to. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, being a musician, that is something that does speak to me a lot. 
uh, songs will come back into my mind from time to time. And, uh, and I can lean on those and, and they, they help open my eyes to the wonder of what is. And as I come into these times of, of growth, when I am growing, the times that I've had that are when I'm reading the Bible in, in ways that are not necessarily routine. Uh, yeah. you know, there, it's important to have a routine as you read. Uh, it's an important or important to have a routine as you study and as you pray, but it's the times when I've been able to, uh, kind of go beyond the routine that have been the times when I've really had the most growth. And sometimes that's been caused by a crisis. Sometimes it's caused by just realizing that I have the time. Sometimes it's just, I get excited about a particular idea and then I start to see yeah. the growth that comes in or I've got a question that pops up. And as I start to study, uh, things will start to, to pop in my mind. And, um, you know, it's, it's been tied especially to where I've, I've studied and focused on a particular book for a time. Um, you know, especially in the summer times lately for me have been really, uh, almost exponential growth. Uh, in terms of understanding the word, because I've got more time to be in the word. And uh, even then, during the school year, the times when I have focused on expanding beyond just a regular reading and, or or getting out of what would be my normal routine have been times when I've yeah. been, been able to really kind of jumpstart and jolt myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And that idea of, of just getting into the word and the beginning of Colossians is one of these spots where, you know, if you're reading it devotionally and not necessarily getting into deep study, but just, just reading a half of a a chapter or a quarter of a chapter, even the way it's set up, you know, just chapter one there, there's three or four different sections that are, uh, if you sit and reflect on those for a day, the devotional power there to, to realize, who is God and and who am I and what has he done? And just go back to those questions and find places in scripture where you can go back to that question. Um, yeah. Tends to get us toward growth. And when I get to the growing season, now I'm, now I'm expanding from those ty- those devotional readings. Now I'm now I start to get into times where I can study and yeah. uh, when I can get in and study and start to dig and connect this part of the scripture back over to that part of the scripture and, and get into uh, what, ha- how has this been seen in history and how has this been seen in, in current times uh, reading different, different readings from uh, old dead people and current living people. And, and kind of almost like a, you, you hear about the, the trainers, they talk about muscle confusion and my times of growth have come when, when almost I'm doing brain confusion because I'm reading so many different things that yeah. are seemingly unrelated, but then they start to, then you start to see those webs connect and, yeah. Oh, that's where that, okay, this connects there and that connects here. And now I'm in a, in a chain of growth and it starts to grow. And then, you know, the last four or five years in, in, the majority of it has been a time where I have been in that kind of state of growing and really just digging into the word and um, coming to see that the things I've been taught all along are the, and the things that I have, have learned do hold up and that it's, it's there. And I just, I didn't know the depth of it. And as I start to read the history parts, I'm learning that the things I've, I hold have, been the and the things that I've been taught have been things that have been around for a long time. I didn't know the labels of it because the folks who taught me didn't give labels. They were just teaching. And and it could be yep. that I was just connecting things from a variety of sources and that's how it laid out to me. Uh but you know it's it's refreshing to see and and it's it's refreshing to to see my understanding get better. And my, you know, as I'm reading in one section, I, to, to realize this is one of the keys that I noticed I was growing is I would be reading in one section of the Bible. Let's say I was reading an epistle and something would pop in my mind to remind me of a, of a moment in the gospel. And then, yeah. then something as I was thinking about that moment in the gospels, something would pop in my mind about a Psalm that, that was related to it. And as I was thinking about that, okay, now I'm thinking about a prophet that said something and now I'm connecting from the epistles to the gospels, to the wisdom, to the, <laughs> and it's, and it starts to bridge the whole Bible together. 
And those moments and that, that intellectual growth has allowed me to, to, to do a better job of teaching and to sharing and to speaking, uh, in difficult times, uh, outside of myself and, you know, where others are struggling, it's helped me to speak better and to me be more consistent with being able to speak, uh, feel comfortable to speak, um, because I've been able to connect all those things together. And it, it's, yeah. um, it's been cool. I'm kind of, it, it kind of messes with my mind a little bit. I mean, this is, this is Paul's prayer for the church is to do exactly this. And it kind of still messes with my mind because there's that part of me that says, you know, you're not, you're not really ready for this. You don't really know all this that you know. And, and, but yet as I'm doing it, I'm starting to see that I am growing. And when you see that, and you know, my first instinct when I started seeing that was kind of to shy away from it. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not, uh, okay, Lord, are you, you seems like I'm starting to, you're starting to push me toward a particular thing. I'm not sure I want to go there. And so I, you know, you want to, kind of, uh, uh, but you know, as I've accepted that and, and moved into it more, I, there's more and more that's opening up in the word and, uh, you know, the opportunities to sit and, you know, just talking with my wife about things. I'm noticing that I'm more conversant than I've ever been. And I'm noticing that I'm able to, to connect pieces as a, just in teaching with my son. And, you know, I've noticed that as I'm, as I'm listening to people talk to me in variety of different contexts, uh, it's connecting to the word and that's helping me know how to hear them better. It's helping me know how to respond to them better. Uh, and sometimes it's helping me to not respond because it's not the right time and, uh, and understanding those times. Um, but you know, as far as that's, that's how I've experienced it. Uh, and I'm not, I know not everybody is going to approach those growing seasons aren't going to look the same and it probably won't look the same for me next time. You know, uh, there's a dry season coming and you know, <laughs> when I come out of that, um, uh, is it going to look the same? Is it going to be the same process? Probably not. Uh, it will probably look different. So what is it going to look like? But I think usually what, what it's going to be looking like in those times of when we notice the times of growth, we're going to notice that we're growing in understanding. And then that understanding will see that we're starting to live it out just as exactly what, what Paul was getting at in, in Colossians is that, you know, we're growing in that knowledge and we're growing in our, in our walk. And, and walking before the Lord worthy of the calling. And, yep. uh, you know, it's, I'm not sure exactly how to encourage someone to go into a season of growth. I think we, I think I know how to encourage somebody to stay in a, in a season of growth and that is through prayer and study. Uh, and I think yeah. that's, that's how you get to one as well. Um, but that's going to look different depending on where you are. You know, sometimes the dry season, you're still praying and you're just, it's just, you, you don't notice anything. And I think, I think, yeah. you know, I think about as uh, living in the Midwest, like we do, we have seasons, um, <laughs> big ones. And when, when we go from fall to spring and or fall to, to winter, and we go from winter to spring, both of those, especially, um, being, being a band director and working with soccer. And right now as my son's going in soccer season and, and doing things outside in the spring, um, around here you'll have summer and then suddenly you'll have deep fall. And then two weeks later, you're right back into summer. It kind of goes fits and starts until it's almost winter. And the same thing coming out of, of winter and going into spring, we'll have a really nice weekend and then suddenly it gets winter again. And then we'll have a nice, I don't think always that we come out of into and out of the growing seasons quite like that. I think a lot of times it's more like the trees coming out of winter. You know, you think about a tree as it starts to blossom, there's an awakening and there's a growth and there's, there's, uh, the movement of what's inside the tree happens well before we even see the first sprigs of the, the leaves start to come out before it even starts to, to bud. There's already weeks of preparation and weeks of, of growth happening that we never see. And yeah. I think a lot of times when we're in the dry season, we don't realize it's ending until it's until we already see leaves on the tree. 
Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we see the, the same thing with, with how fruit grows, you know, you, it, you don't always see the growth that's going on and then it all happens explosively at one time. And so we think it was explosive growth when it's been a process of time. And so, well, I guess it's in, an encouragement to folks uh, in both seasons to, to, to look and, and be, be watching for yourself um, and, and seeing where you are and being honest with yourself with where you are. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, a big turning point for me this summer was actually at the SBC annual meeting, and it was during the pastor's conference on Monday night mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Charlie Dates, the pastor of uh, the Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago, yep. Illinois, he, uh, he preached a phenomenal sermon out of First Peter chapter 1, yes. uh, kind of covering just the very end of First Peter. And that, funny, funny story on that. That, that really... I made oh, the mis- man, that was such a good sermon. It was great. I made the mistake of listening to that while I was driving home. And oh yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the last of Arkansas and the little bit of, of Missouri that I went through because that's when I was listening to it. And I mean, and I, I when I it was something that stuck in my head well enough that despite car trouble on the way home, uh, when I stopped at the the dealership and they were looking at my car, I was get I got my Bible out and I was making notes in my Bible from his sermon as I was remembering yeah. it. It was fantastic. Sorry, I. It was just a good story. Jump on in. There. No, no. Continue. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was just an excellent reminder. And, uh, you know, reading from First Peter uh, verse one or chapter one at the end, it says, you know, for all flesh is like grass. Yes. And all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you, that gospel, you know, that, that was like, like he said, there is that, there is still that balm of Gilead that is soothing the soul Mm -hmm. of the person who is in sorrow. And I I remember that line because I I needed to hear that right then and there. And uh, I love, I love Charlie Nate. He's one of my favorite, favorite preachers. And uh, the, 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 the the Pentecostal in me started coming alive when he was (laughs) preaching. And I, I tell people, I'm not your normal Southern Baptist. I, uh, when I was in seminary, I went to a Sovereign Grace Church, and uh, I am a you know I'm a Baptistocostal to the core. And uh, I mean, I, I I started standing up and jumping and just hollering during that sermon because that was me. And yeah. and and I'm like, I needed this sermon. He didn't preach this for anybody else but me. And that was the turning point for me during the summer. Even though the summer had almost seemingly just started, but that was the turning point for me coming out of this kind of spiritual depression and then and then i get an email you know that night and and i you know i get these desiring god emails you know every now and then from john piper's website and it was an old article that he had uh, or an old kind of ask pastor john thing that he had uh, he had recorded back in 2013 and it was fighting for joy in pastoral ministry and it was just mm. kind of put the cap on the day and it really just kind of sealed everything up and really just uh it, it brought me over the edge and something that that uh john piper said he said that for spiritual dryness i get help mainly from keeping my face in the bible and pleading with god to reveal himself you know so often we we we, we do read the bible but so often we forget to ask god to reveal himself daily to us and mm. to kind of show us his glory and and that that coupled with uh, Pastor Charlie's sermon, ah, that was just what I needed to kind of be, sh- uh, sh- you know, just shook awake yeah. from this kind of deadness that I was in and uh, put me on this path of climbing out and getting over this. And I mean, that's, I commend that sermon. You know, you can go to Google, type in Charlie Dates sermon from Southern Baptist Convention. You'll find it. It's Monday evening. I forget, you know, all the, where the, where you can go to the website for it, I've- but, there is Just a Google that sermon. There is a link and from the SBC somewhere. I don't remember where it is. Yeah, but I, I encourage your listeners to go listen to that sermon and be Absolutely. ministered to. Yeah, it's a good by sermon. Charlie Dates because that that will if that doesn't help you get out of your funk that you're in, <laughs> then I don't know what will, my friend. Yep. That that will bring you alive. That'll give you, as he said, I don't know if you heard, but uh, but. You can hear kind of in the background, H.B. Charles in the background saying, that boy got the Holy Ghost. And that, 
that that sermon will give you the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, as you were say, as you were relating that, and and what was in your mind, uh, my mind went to the. I turned the page in my Bible, and because First Peter one for me finishes a page, and I turned it over to two. And I was looking at verse one, it says, therefore, rid yourself of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. In my margins, I wrote down the, the phrase, this is not love. So rid yourself yeah. of everything that's not love. And then verse two, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. And so again, that idea of going back to the, you know, even, you know, when you're in the, in the even in the middle of the growth time, to go back to the pure milk of the word, but especially yeah. when you're coming into a growth time to be back at the pure milk of the word and to, to sure. feast in the word. And, uh, that idea that, you know, and then it comes right into, if you have tasted that the Lord is good, you may come to him, a living stone rejected, but you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house are being built to be a holy priesthood. And I did a little editing yeah. as I read that and, and, and flattening out of the line, uh, leaving some things out. So I was, I was not straight reading that for those of you that are trying to check me. Um, uh, but you know, it, that idea that, that we are being built, that we are being grown and that it's through the word it's, it's in coming to Christ. It's in looking to him and going back to him constantly, 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 um, all over the time that you keep coming back to the word and, it will open up to you. And it, this is, it was interesting that you brought us to this passage and, and that Charlie Date sermon and the fact that I had just studied it. This, this is a spot where I, I actually had the opportunity to preach. I have related this in a recent episode. I don't remember which one, but uh, I've got a chance to preach this summer. And that was part of the text. I was more up toward 13 and, and that area is where I started. And I took a broad chunk of, of the text and, uh, I went all the way through the middle, went from the middle of chapter one through the middle of chapter two as the focus. And, um, but at the same time I was right in the middle of studying and getting ready for that. And all of that just kind of stuck and, um, man, that's good stuff. <laughs> but you yeah. Know, and, and, you know, Paul says it all over the place. John says it all over the place. Peter says it all over the place to send us back to Christ and that that's where growth is, you know, that's, it's, yeah. it's just, that's where it is, is, is when you're there in that, in that time of growth, I think one thing we need to do is be thankful for it and recognize it and praise for it and celebrate and share with others that you're growing because that's, yeah. that's another way sure. that, that you can see your fruit. And that's one of the way, you know, by, by walking out what you're learning that allows you to see the fruit. If, you know, if all you do is put the fruit in the drawer, it's going to go bad in, in some ways. Um, not, not that that's a hard and fast rule or anything like that, but, or that it's yeah. a perfect analogy, but you know, if you don't, if yeah. you don't do something with the growth you have, you're going to atrophy a little bit. And, uh, that the idea of just getting out and doing things with the growth that you've got and, in, and sharing it, uh, whether it's in teaching or whether it's in service or whether it's in prayer with, for others or with others. Uh, and, and there's different types of growth. There's been times in my walk where the growth was in prayer and times when it was in study and times when it was in ministry. And so those are also differences. Growth is, I, I guess it's kind of a hard thing to kind of pin down <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I commend, I want to commend another resource to your listeners. Okay. It's uh by uh, Bob Russell. He's the former senior pastor of a Southeast Christian church there in Louisville. And it's uh, mm -hmm. his, his latest pastoral ministry book called after 50 years of ministry, seven things I do differently and seven things I do the same. Okay. Um, this, this book was just excellent. It was just very practical, real applicable ways to kind of grow as a pastor, to kind of get through the harsh seasons of pastoral ministry but then also to really see the work that God has done in your life and to rejoice in those moments. And yeah, there's probably things that you would do differently. There's things that I would have done differently yesterday, you know, if I could go back and redo them. But, uh, you know, one, one thing that, that Pastor Bob, he, he writes about in his book, um, one of the chapters, it's on, uh, 
Let me see if I can find it right here. It's uh, I would pay less attention to criticism and give more attention to swimming with the fish. And what he talks mm-hmm. about is, you know, not paying attention to the critics, not letting that eat you alive, because that will put you in spiritual depression in a moment. But to just continue to, to be with the people and to minister to the people and to not give in to the critics, not to believe them, not to uh, not not to dwell on what they're saying. But to just keep going, you know, like what Dory says off of Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming and keep your head above the water and don't be so overcome and overwhelmed by what people are saying that is critical or bad about you. And uh, to just know that you are loved by God and that you are held secure by his promises in his word, because going back to the word, all flesh is like grass and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And uh, this book on, on and th- this book by Pastor Bob and Scott Saul's book and John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, they they have fundamentally changed how I look at um, dealing with spiritual depression in my life, and then also ministering to people who are going through the same thing as well. What I have been through, and so that's uh, you know, that's it's just it's a wonderful thing for God to bring you through something like that. Yep. Because then you reflect on how glorious he really is and how faithful he is to you and how how much he does love us, each and every one of us, individually, specifically, and, and personally. Uh, something I want to throw out, though, uh, while we're here, I stumbled upon this morning. I recently bought, uh, I had an old version that was somewhat related to Word Search, the Bible. Uh, it's kind of like a Logos type thing. And, uh, it's the Lifeway version, I guess. And I upgraded cause it wasn't a whole lot of money. And I had a nice little coupon, uh, to save me some money, even more on it. And is it one of the things that came in the upgrade was a copy of a 1960s church members handbook published by mm. Broadman. And, uh, as we're, as we're talking it, that came back into my mind cause I had a tweet this morning, uh, about, this that said, you know, I found this decades old resource uh, and guess what it mentions for growth. And I, I offered, uh, church planting evangelism, uh, and, uh, I can't remember the other options as a poll on Twitter. And most of the answers are wrong. And the, almost the entire context is individual growth. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not, not necessarily looking at church growth, but individual growth. And as we, as we discussed this and my, this is why I mentioned that my brain is not working great. I was reading it and I was slow. I should have had this up from the very first of our conversation because we've covered a lot of this. Uh, we didn't cover the first one, which is be sure that you're born again, but we kind of did in that we're saying, go back to the gospel and, and mm-hmm. go, go look at the gospel and rehearse the gospel to yourself, uh, as part of growth. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you're not born again, you're not going to grow cause you're dead. And so to, to be going back into the gospel and hearing the gospel and refreshing your faith regularly, uh, it says unite with one of the Lord's churches and go to work for him. Uh, and so we see that, that be involved in your church basically, uh, and be involved in, doing ministry, uh, which is again, something yeah. we've already talked about a little bit tonight. Now that isn't to say jump in, uh, way past your head in the deep end on ministry and take on 14 things and, and roast yourself in the process. But, but within wisdom, go and, and, and be involved in the work of the church and the work of the church doesn't always take place at the church is another thing to remember yeah. with that. Uh, it says cultivate your devotional life through Bible study and prayer. Again, we've covered that already in this episode. Uh, make much of Christian fellowship. And this is something we hadn't discussed a whole lot. We've talked about sharing your growth. But I think having that regular contact with others, um, whether it's you know gra- gathering for a cup of coffee or, or even hanging on after the service and talking or the time between Sunday school and service, uh, uh, just living life together in a lot of ways, um, and there's a variety of ways that's going to look, but I think that's, that's a big part of this. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. it's a great way to encourage growth in others and be encouraged to growth yourself. Um, 
some of the times I have, you know, Chris kept mentioning last week that, you know, as we fall into dry seasons, we isolate, isolate, isolate. And so we go and, and get into those seasons uh, and getting into that regular fellowship will help. Uh, it says, separate yourself from the world. We just read the first Peter uh, thing where it said uh, in, in first Peter two that, you know, separate from everything that is unloving. Well, the world's pretty yeah. unloving uh, and rid yep. yourself of those things. Um, it's not quite the same context, but the same concept, um, use and cultivate your talents for the Lord again, serve and, and see where you're growing and use that growth. Um, this next one is one that you've been on reading good books and other Christian literature, uh, get into things that are going to help you grow. Uh, there's, there's much out there. Uh, in fact, I've been downloaded. I think I've downloaded more books. I think today while I was in the lecture, he kept mentioning resources, I'd pull up Google play and because they do a lot of public domain things that you can find. And, uh, I think I downloaded like eight, nine extra books that are oh, wow. all, all from nice. 17th century writers. Um, mm-hmm. and there are, you know, some of them are in scans of the originals. And so they're a little hard to read. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be fun to try to work through. But, uh, but you know, to get in and read, uh, the next one is be honest toward God in the use of your money, which is not one that we've talked about, but I think I'm going to leave that one for a discussion for another day. Um, there's much there, but I think that's a matter of, of walking worthy of your calling, uh, and living out what you're called to do. Uh, and so is the next one exercising self-control it says, seek the counsel and help of your pastor. Uh, and this next one is one I think both of us have kind of echoed. Uh, there's re- only really two more. And the next one is live for Christ one day at a time. And, you know, you had mentioned, you know, there were so many things that you were doing and, and different plannings and that you had this camp and then you were getting ready for that camp and you had this thing going on and we get lost in the schedule sometimes and forget to, to take those daily moments, uh, and, and each morning resting in God. And that, yeah. you know, as we grow, that's, that's so much easier to do when you're growing and you're in that growth cycle, um, to, to do that and to just rest in God when you're growing, when it's dry, it's hard to be restful. Um, at least that's something I've found. I don't know. Have you said, have you experienced that as well? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I definitely have. The last item on here is win others to grow to Christ. And, you know, remember this is a 1960s work. The greatest work in the world is soul winning is the way they word it. Um, and basically for me, that is go share the gospel, speak the gospel, yeah. breathe the gospel, um, show the gospel in your, in your work, uh, in everything you can do. Um, and, and, you know, it's every context is a little different. I, it is hard for me in the course of my normal everyday life to have opportunities to evangelize because I, my work, I'm legally limited on how many things I can say and what I can say. And the majority of the people I see in any given week are under the age of 13 and are public school school students that I can't really be explicit with the gospel with legally uh, and get in a whole Mm -hmm. lot of trouble uh, if I do. And, uh, so I, I try not to do that, but I have opportunities to share what God's doing in me with my coworkers as a witnessing opportunity, uh, the opportunity, um, you know, within the church body, there's not that opportunity to win others to Christ, but there's the opportunity still to give my testimony and witness in how I'm growing with that being our focus. But, you know, getting out and being as a part of evangelism efforts, being, uh, a part of, of missions efforts in general, whether it's missions of mercy or missions of specifically evangelism. Those yeah. are, are definitely things we need to be involved in, uh, to grow in our spiritual life. Um, listen, you know, being in the word and hearing the Holy spirit and, and, and trusting God to guide you through the word, uh, yeah. is, is, you don't get there unless you're in the gospel and unless you're in the word and unless you're doing some of those other things and hearing, hearing, hearing scripture spoken by others, the Holy spirit will take that in your ear and pull you to other parts of scripture 
and, and help you grow, you know, all of those things kind of play together. Um, but it was interesting that, you know, in our, just in our conversation, uh, that we had already covered almost everything that a 50 year old document, almost 60 year old document at this point is sharing with us about what it is to grow as a Christian and to be in growth. And so, you know, it's easy to, to encourage and exhort, Hey guys, here's what to do harder to do it. Uh, and it's also, you know, here's how, here's how you can encourage some others. I'm curious. Um, you've spent a little bit more time in, in formal ministry than I have. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious as far as spiritual growth. And I, I hesitate to say church growth, but spiritual growth within a church, when that season is happening, um, what are some of the things that you've seen that have uh, been catalysts to it? And how is it that, that maybe that manifests? What does it look like a little bit? I'm interested uh, in kind of how the difference is between individual and corporate growth seasons. One of the, one of the primary catalysts for like, a resurgence of spiritual growth within a church that I have seen in any church that I've been a part of has been a re-emphasis on personal evangelism and, and really seeing people live out their faith in that way where they, you know, they want to know more about God because they want to tell people more about God. And so it's kind of this cyclical thing where, they are sharing all they know about God and they're constantly learning more about God. And so they're, they're, they're living their life on mission in a way that's completely different from, you know, past generations where, you know, it was the pastor's job to go win people for Christ, but it is, you know, them kind of reclaiming this idea of what it means to be a Christian and that uh, God has called all of us to make disciples of all nations. And God has kind of placed the burden of ministry on all of us. He's invited us to join him in on this, this great burden to, to seek and save the lost, to share the gospel with as many people as we can. You know, we, we do the seeking. God does the saving, yes. obviously. But, but, we, but we introduce them to Christ. And so how I like a catalyst for spiritual growth in the church is people kind of taking the, the great commission and owning and really going out and, and sharing the gospel. And that energizes them because they realize, all right, so there's some there's some weaknesses in my own spiritual life, and this person's asking these questions. Well, I obviously need to bulk up in this area in my life because there's been some atrophy maybe over the past few months or years, and I've, I've grown a distant in my relationship with God, but people want to know more about God, and I'm finding all these opportunities to share the gospel with people. Well, I need to know exactly what it is I believe. And so, you know, in churches in past, I've seen people kind of rejoining small groups and, and, and rejoining discipleship groups and being poured into just so that they can pour themselves out and be kind of ready to give a defense like the scriptures call us to, to always be ready in season and out of season to be prepared to give a defense of the gospel. And so that's that's kind of the, the, the primary catalyst that I've seen is that where people are coming to me and saying, hey. Pastor James, like, there's a lot of people who are asking me questions about the gospel, about the Christian faith and how it relates to this kind of circumstance that's going on in culture, or how it relates to, say, the 2016 election and how, how does, what does Christianity say about transgenderism and same-sex marriage? What does Christianity say about social media addiction? And what does Christianity say about this, 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 and this? All these other, you know, questions and topics that are coming in from a secular worldview, Christians need to have a response. And so I, you know, when people are coming to me with those questions, I just push them to the Bible or I push them to different resources where they can be equipped. And so then they can go back and answer these questions that their friends are asking with a, with a, just a Christological worldview. And they're able to point people to Jesus and, and, um, deepen their own faith at the same time. And that's that that kind of produces a lot of spiritual growth within the church because your your congregants are deepening their faith. They're realizing what it really means to be a member of a congregation of a church. And so they're living their lives on mission and they're not only just letting the pastor's sermon be their spiritual, you know, their spiritual food for the week. They're doing yes. they're, you know, they're feeding on their own. And uh 
they're they're realizing that it's our responsibility also to to make disciples and to give a defense and to feed ourselves because one sermon a week's not going to do it. Yep. And so that's that's kind of where I've seen a lot of spiritual growth really start is by people experiencing opportunities to share the gospel and then not realizing exactly how to answer questions. And so they come to me and I point them in the right direction and they go and learn for their own selves. And so that deepens their own faith. And then they're able to, to share the gospel. And so these opportunities that they're getting is what's, you know, kind of pushing them to, to deepen their own faith and to be able to talk with non-believers or, you know, those who are on the fringes of the church or those who are, you know, believing in a different religion. They're able to answer adequately what the Bible says about such and such topic or what the Bible says about this circumstance or situation. And it's all because they're, they've been given these opportunities and they want to learn how can we address them. And that's, that's what's producing a lot of spiritual growth. Even right now in my own church, um, we're, we're really kind of refocusing our small group ministry to be more of an outreach ministry to invite people who don't know a lot about the church or a lot about the gospel or who are completely kind of turned off by Christianity to these home groups, uh, to these small groups, and uh, for the purpose of doing evangelism in a very intentional, um, safe, practical way. And seeing a lot of good fruit from that already where people are, you know, saying, hey, I want to I start a group in this part of town because I want to invite so-and-so to this group, and I want to invite this person to this group because they're not going to church anywhere. I don't know if they're Christians, but I want to bring them into my home and let them feel welcome and at home and to just encourage them and to slowly start ministering to them. And so that's that's a huge thing that's happening in our in my church right now. I'm seeing fantastic. a lot of spiritual fruit from that. So, you know, it's the but the number one thing is people are getting opportunities to share the gospel and they don't know exactly how to do it. And so they're learning for themselves and that's deepening their own faith and in turn they're going out and living out the Christian life. So that's a long answer for a very easy question, but that's that's kind of where we're at right now and what I've seen in the past 10, 11, 12 years of working ministry. It's interesting to me that the questions we end up having to answer sometimes are the very questions yeah. that we tend to ask or that are in a spot that's our weak spot. And uh, then that's, that's the question that somebody asks. They don't ever ask you the questions, write down your sweet spot, best answer, they always ask something you got to go study on. So, but that's okay. Uh, it, I love that answer. That that uh, you know we we see growth where we where we are being pushed, and uh, where the, where the Lord is putting us to do ministry. Uh, I think that's a fantastic thought. Uh, as we kind of wrap up, I want to say thank you for joining us again. Uh, I've, I've kind of started to build a habit of closing with a scripture and I'm going to do that again tonight. Uh, so what I want to do is finish, pardon me, by reading Jude. Uh, we read just the ending of it. We're going to start at verse 20 and finish it out. And with that, we're going to call it the end of an episode. Uh, so James, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to send him a thank you. He is on Twitter. And also if you have him as a friend on Facebook, feel free to send him a thank you as well uh, for being on Simmering Thoughts tonight. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Bandman Acres. I am there way more than I probably ought to be. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can find Simmering Thoughts there as well at Simmer Thoughts. I am also, uh, both myself and the podcast are also on Facebook, easy to find. Uh, we're also on Instagram, also easy to find and in all sorts of podcast catchers just about everywhere. Please share us. Uh, We'd love to hear of what you're thinking about our episodes, how they're challenging you, how they're helping you. Uh, if there's questions you have, if there's something we said that's unclear, if there is uh, a question of what, even if there's somebody who's listening who doesn't know what in the world all this means and you want to know what it is we're talking about, contact us. Uh, we're easy to find online, and we would love to share with you what all of this is about. Uh, so as we as we close up, I do want to read this scripture. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode, and we hope to have another episode out next week. 
Uh, not sure who the guest is just yet. I've got a couple of ideas uh, and folks that I've already been in contact with just haven't scheduled it yet. So here we go. Jude 20 through 25. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Simmering Thoughts. I pray it is an encouragement to you and that you will share it with others as well. Please let us know what you thought through feedback on Facebook and Twitter and also by rating and reviewing us. Please also visit us at simmeringthoughts.podbean.com where you can catch past episodes. I especially encourage you to listen to our recent series on the fruit of the Spirit. Join us again next week as Alan Nelson of Perryville, Arkansas, joins us to discuss his book, From Death to Life, and we'll talk about salvation as a season in the life of a believer. Everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening.